0: Quiz of Ice and Fire.
1: Hello there, listeners! It's time for another Quiz of Ice and Fire. I'm your host, Yolk Boy.
0: and I'm also your host. I'm Lady Guinevere, and we are Radio Westeros. Today we have another of our trivia quizzes about A Song of Ice and Fire. This bonus feature was unlocked by our generous patrons, and there is no patron charge for these quiz episodes.
1: Yeah, no patron charge. And so thanks to all patrons for their continued support. And today, we're happy to welcome as our special guest, none other than Haley Bowery from rock band The Manimals. They've released an album inspired by a song of ice and fire called Seven. And Haley is the singer-songwriter. And later on, we'll be playing a wonderful track all about Brienne of Tarth, so, stick around for that. But for now, Haley will help us present today. So, hi, Haley.
2: Hi, I'm Haley. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, my band is called The Manimals. We're from New York City. We play rock and roll, glam rock, punk pop and we have a concept album called seven uh that we released in 2016 and it is seven songs each one of them from the point of view of a different character from a song of ice and fire and uh i'm really excited to be on Radio Westeros today in particular, because uh, when I was for- first reading uh, the series and watching the show, um, and I ran out of material, I turned to the internet to look for more and wasn't even aware of how much discourse there was out there at that time. And, uh, Radio Westeros was one that I came across first and they played fandom music on it and uh, I was so enamored with that and it made me uh, realize that I could make something to contribute to the world that I love so much and uh, so I kind of credit you guys a bit for uh, inspiring Seven which has been such a, a special thing in my life it's taken me to conventions and helped me meet new friends and fans it's Been fantastic. So, thank you for having
0: me. Well, that is just really amazing to hear. Um, I think, you know, when we started the podcast, one thing that we really hoped to do was um, really foster community. And um, it's really great that, um, on some level and in some corners of the fandom, that that's uh, kind of been happening. And we are really happy that you could join us today and that we're going to get to feature one of your songs. So, thank you for being here. And now, if uh everyone at home is keeping score, here's the time when you go get your pen and your paper. And remember, we have 15 questions. Today's topic is beasts and animals.
1: Yeah, beasts and animals. Here we come. And As in our previous quiz episodes, there's 15 questions on these animals from pets to fantastic creatures. So get ready to pit your wits against us and see how many you can score. And please remember, we really do enjoy you shouting out your scores across our social media, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon and so on. And last time we did have a few people with perfect scores are we going too easy on you? Do let us know. And so, let's get started with this quiz. Over to you, Haley.
2: All right. Number one. What animal? Primarily found in the neck, including amidst the flooded moats around the towers of ruined Moat Kaelin, are also represented on the sigil of Kranigmen, House Reed.
1: Yes, so what animal was being described there from the neck? A very strange kind of animal, I think. And on to question number two. In Arya's point of view, we get to explore Braavos and meet a dockside thief named Taganaro. To facilitate his crimes, he entertains passing crowds with the help of a loyal animal. For half a point, we want to know the animal's species. And for the other half a point, we want you to give us his name.
0: Okay, so the name and species of the animal who is an accessory to Taganaro's crimes. Now on to question three. In A Game of Thrones, Old Nan tells Bran the tale of the last hero which by now is recognized as a classic part of Westerosi lore by intrigued readers. Rightly or wrongly, Old Nan mentions the others hunting the last hero with packs of what fantasy animals that are apparently as big as hounds? All
2: right, yes, so fantasy animals that I personally hope are real, that Old Nan tells Bran about. Number four... In A Feast for Crows, Jamie Lannister's squire, Lewis Piper, names his two horses. One of the names in particular is significant, given the shape of Jamie's redemptive journey and a quality he didn't show too much of at the beginning of the story. Can you remember the two horses of Jamie's?
1: Yes, Jamie's two horses, Feast for Crows. Who knows the answer? Half a point for each. And on to question number five. Danny's story takes her around Essos, where she encounters a variety of tribulations. Here's a quote from A Game of Thrones, and we ask you to name the animal. They lived in marshes and stagnant pools and laid their eggs in the dead and dying. Drogo hated them.
0: Well, I think I might, too, because they sound like they could be pretty gross. And whatever they are. Uh, now, question six. What mount is an animal that the brave companions use for riding upon, including their leader, Vargo Haute?
2: Yes, what is the mount of the goat? Number seven. In A Game of Thrones... Danny travels to the forest of Cahor and notes that she didn't glimpse of distinctive species known to have silver fur and purple eyes. Our question is, what species has those purple eyes which might be similar to Danny's?
1: Yes, purple-eyed Targaryens and purple-eyed animals. Which animal are we talking about there? And on to question number eight. In A Clash of Kings... We learn that downtrodden middle brother, Stannis, used to have an injured goshawk, which he tried in vain to revive back to full health and ability. The goshawk's name was Proudwing, but what we want to know from you quizmasters is his brother Robert's name for it. Spoiler, it's not exactly complimentary.
0: (laughs) I'm not sure that's a spoiler. I don't think Robert ever... Said anything complimentary about Stannis. <laughs> um, now, question nine is Name the Wildling Skin Changer, who is known for his link to his pet boar. The boar is troublesome and doesn't get on with the direwolf ghost, and so is kept apart, spending time rooting around the graves in the lichyard of Castle Black. Who is the boar's master?
2: Yes, who is the master of the mystery boar? Number 10. In A Dance with Dragons, Lady Dustin schools a broken Theon in recent Stark history. She describes Brandon and Lyanna as a pair of what mythological creatures? As a bonus clue, we'll say that this line is sometimes used by theorists trying to unravel the Knight of the Laughing Tree mystery.
1: Yes, so Lady Dustin and a bit of RLJ... Could you tell us what animals, mythological ones, that Lady Dustin referred to there? And on to question 11. What creature from the books has blood so venomous the faceless men use it as poison? It's said to be so mind-altering in beasts a poisoned mouse would attack a lion.
0: Okay, so that's some serious stuff there. A poison that could make a mouse attack a lion, and we want to know which uh, beast is that derived from. Question 12. The children of the forest speak a language called the True Tongue, but they weren't alone in that ability. Name the species of animal who could once allegedly also speak the True Tongue.
2: Yes, a very rare language. Number thirteen. Bran begins the story terrified of monsters, but soon finds himself guarded by one. Cold hands is a character of tremendous intrigue, is reminiscent of a white, yet has black eyes instead of blue. What we want to know is what is the distinctive creature Cold Hands uses for a mount.
1: Yeah, when we first see Cold Hands, he has and rather unusual mount, so can you name it? And on to question 14. Red Jane, Sarah and Willow are mentioned in A Dance with Dragons. For half a point, tell us what species they all are. And for the other half, tell us what group they are a part of.
0: So, what are Red, Jane, Sarah, and Willow, and what's the name of the group they're a part of? And now the last question is question 15. When Catelyn visits Renly's army at Bitterbridge, she notices one of the soldiers has a unique pet. For half a point, the name of the soldier, and for the other half, name the species of his pet.
1: Okay, so there's our 15 questions. We hope that you've enjoyed it so far and stick around for the answers coming right up after this.
0: What's the best mattress for you? Well, if you're an egg or a kitten, check out the competition. But if you're a human person, put your body on a Nectar mattress. As well as award-winning layers of comfort, you can sleep easy knowing you got incredible value. Mattresses start at just $499, and you get hundreds of dollars in accessories thrown in, as well as a 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com.
2: Hi, guys. Glad you're back it's answer time. Here's what you've been waiting for. <laughs> right, number one. What animal primarily found in the Neck, including amidst the flooded moats around the towers of Ruin Moat Kaelin, are also represented on the sigil of Cranigman, House Reed? That is the lizard lions.
1: Yeah, those lizard lions who are first mentioned after the royal party has passed through the Neck on their way south. When tells Sansa, When we were crossing the neck, I counted 36 flowers I never saw before, and Micah showed me a lizard lion. Later, we're told they resemble partially submerged logs floating still in the water and have teeth like daggers. And in our old days of Posting on online forums many moons ago, we were witness to many debates over the true nature of lizard lions. Are they crocodiles, alligators or some fantasy version of a crocodilian creature? We'll leave that for you guys to decide here. And anyway, on to question number two. This was about Taganaro, the thief in *Bravas* who I sees. And we wanted to know what his loyal animal was, who's part of the show and setup. And there was half a point for the species and half a point for the animal's name. So the species, of course, was the seal. And this seal's name is Casso.
0: That's right. Casso, the king of seals. He barks, he claps, and he shakes his flippers like hands while his master Taganero works the crowd, providing enough distraction for his partner Little Narbo to cut purses as he goes along. You could say that Casso seals the deal of this racket. And on to question 3, that was about Old Nan's tale of the last hero from A Game of Thrones. In which she mentioned the others hunting the last hero with packs of what fantasy animals? Which are apparently as big as hounds? And the answer, of course, is ice spiders. All right.
2: So, Old Nan scares Bran with the last hero's tale, but he's not the only one. In A Storm of Swords, Samuel reveals he was also scared of these creatures as a boy. The white walkers of the wood, the cold shadows, the monsters of the tales that made him squeak and tremble as a boy, riding their giant ice spiders hungry for blood. So from hunting with ice spiders to riding the giant ones now, all readers now live in fear to see if these creatures will crawl onto our page or are otherwise just a myth. And number four was uh about Jamie Lannister's horses, uh, which are honor and glory.
1: Yeah, that's it. Jamie's two horses and a feast for grows honor and glory. Here's a quote. His palfrey was a blood bay, his destrier, a magnificent grey stallion. It had been long years since Jamie had named any of his horses. He had seen too many die in battle, and that was harder when you named them. But when the Piper boy started calling them Honour and Glory, he laughed and let the name stand. Glory wore trappings of Lannister crimson. Honour was barded in Kingsguard white. And on to question number five. This was about... Some unpleasant creatures that Danny comes across in A Time in Essos. And we gave you the quote they lived in marshes and stagnant pools and laid their eggs in the dead and dying. Drogo hated them. And Drogo would have good reason to hate them because we're talking about blood flies.
0: Yep, they are gross, and actually their significance to the narrative of Drogo is that he usually killed them instinctively, it tells us, but it tells us that when his mortal wound began to fester, the blood flies were landing on him and he was not swatting them away as he usually would, an ominous sign that he is becoming very weak and that soon he would ride no more. Now on to question 6. Remember that had to do with the animal that the brave companions favor as a mount including uh, most notably their leader Vargo Hote. The mount of the goat was a zorse. Source.
2: Yep, zorses are seen in Danny's story when the Jogosnai are mentioned, but are probably most notable for being Vargo's mount. Here's a quote from when Jamie has been captured. The goat wanted to make a show of parading him in, so Jamie was made to dismount a mile from the gates of Harrenhal. A rope was looped around his waist, a second around Brienne's wrist. The ends were tied to the pommel of Vargo Hoat's saddle. They stumbled along side by side behind the Kohorix-striped Zorse. And now number seven. Uh, this is the creature with silver fur and purple eyes, much like the Targaryens. And the answer is a lemur.
1: Yeah, the silver fur and purple eyes. This is very Targaryen, isn't it? For half a moon they rode through the forest of Kohor, where the leaves made a golden canopy high above them, and the trunks of the trees were as wide as city gates. There were great elk in that wood and spotted tigers, and lemurs with silver fur and huge purple eyes, but all fled before the approach of the Kalasar and Danny got no glimpse of them. And later on in the Well Book when that was released in twenty fourteen, it went on to reveal the nicknames for these lemurs which are little Valerians, given those distinctive purple eyes and silver hair, so there you go. And on to question number eight, which was about Robert's mean name for Stannis' injured goshawk, which he called Proudwing. So what did did bully big brother Robert call it? And the answer is, funnily enough, Weakwing.
0: Oh, ha ha, Robert. The story that Stannis tells about Proudwing is actually one of the more humanising moments in the story of Stannis Baratheon. Uh, He says, when I was a lad, I found an injured goshawk and nursed her back to health. Proudwing, I named her. She would perch on my shoulder and flutter from room to room after me and take food from my hand. But she would not soar. Time and again, I would take her hawking, but she never flew higher than the treetops. Robert called her weakwing. Well, on to question nine. Who was the wildling skin changer who was known for his link to his pet boar? Who, during their time at Castle Black, spent his time rooting around the lichyard in order to keep him separated from the direwolf ghost. The name of the boar's master was Borok. And some fun trivia. We learn
2: from the dance prologue that Veramir attended a sort of convention for skin changers with his teacher, Hagon. It's noted that Bore Master Borok was also in attendance, so maybe we could call this WorgCon. <laughs> Number 10! This is about uh, what Lady Dustin described uh, Brandon and Lyanna as, which mythological creatures, and uh, the answer is centaurs.
1: Yes, centaurs, half-horse, half-man. Here's a quote. Brandon was fostered at Barrowton with Old Lord Dustin, the father of the one I'd later wed, but he spent most of his time riding the rills. He loved to ride. His little sister took after him in that. A pair of centaurs, those two. As we mentioned, this is sometimes used by theorists unravelling the Night of the Laughing Tree mystery, and here's why. A centaur, as I said, is half-horse, half-human, meaning Liana was an excellent rider who so could have been the mystery knight at the tourney of Harrenhal. Is that why Rhaegar named her Queen of Love and Beauty? Try our episode number five all the way back then, RLJ, to hear more on that and a lot more on the whole RLJ theory. And on to question number 11 which was asking what creature from the books has blood so venomous that the faceless men use it as a poison? And we gave the example that a poison mouse would attack a lion. His mind would be altered so much by this poison. And the poison's called basilisk blood, so the answer is basilisk here.
0: Yeah, and here's a quote about the poison. This paste is spiced with basilisk blood. It will give cooked flesh a savory smell, but if eaten, it produces violent madness in beasts as well as men. A mouse will attack a lion after a taste of basilisk blood. And this passage strongly supports the idea that basilisk blood, or this paste containing it, was used by Jack and Hagar all the way back at Harrenhall when Weiss died from an attack by his own dog. Uh, Now on to question 12. This had to do with the language that the children of the forest speak, called the true tongue. Once upon a time, they weren't alone as speakers of the true tongue. There was a species of animal who could allegedly also speak it. And that species was ravens. Uh, The children of the forest, Old
2: Nan would have called the singers... But those who sang the Song of the Earth was their own name for themselves, in the true tongue that no human man could speak. The ravens could speak it, though. Their small black eyes were full of secrets, and they would call at him and peck his skin when they heard the songs. All right, number 13. This is about Coldhand's distinctive mount, which was a great elk, but we'll also take elk.
1: Yeah, the great elk, and... Here's a quote from A Storm of Swords. The elk was huge, a great elk, ten feet tall at the shoulder, with a rack of antlers near as wide. The creature sank to his knees to let them mount. Here, the rider said, reaching down with a gloved hand, to pull Gilly up behind him. Then it was Sam's turn. My thanks, he puffed. Only when he grasped the offered hand did he realise that the rider wore no glove. His hand was black and cold, with fingers hard as stone. So as we mentioned originally, cold hands, completely intriguing character, total mystery, and one the fandom loved to theorise upon, and of course, rider of that great elk. Question number 14 was about... Red Jane, Sarah and Willow. And for half a point each, we wanted to know what species these three are and what group they are a part of. So what we're getting at is A, that these are dogs and B, that these are part of the group the Bastards Girls.
0: Yeah, the Bastards Girls is the name uh, given to the pack of dogs female dogs that Ramsey uses to hunt peasant women. And these victims, if uh, they give him good sport, will later have one of the new dogs named for them. So I guess um, on some disgusting level, the Bastards Girls is kind of a self-propagating group. So, on to question 15. When Cat visits Renley's army at Bitterbridge... She sees a soldier with a unique pet. And the question was half a point for the name of the soldier and the other half for the species of his pet. And the answer is Mark Mullindore and his monkey. Yeah,
2: Mark Mullindore's monkey wears cute monkey chainmail. However, it doesn't save him during the Battle of Blackwater where the monkey meets his doom. Only time will tell if Mullendore will find a suitable replacement monkey, but we wish him all the best.
1: And Haley, thanks so much for joining us today. Hope you've had a good time we're at Radio Westeros. I have. Thank you so much. And so to end today's episode, we're going to play one of Haley's songs by her band, The Manimals. This one I love, well, we love. It's one all about Brienne of Tarf, and it's called Good. And please stick around and check it out. Thanks, Haley.
2: All right. Thank you so much. And if you guys want to find my music, uh, you can find us at www.manimals.band. And it's Manimals like animal with an M. You can also find us on Bandcamp and Spotify and iTunes and all the places. (laughs) Bye for now, and I hope you enjoy the song.
3: My father tried to make a girl of me. They came to me.